Hi, CityCast listeners. Today is the first day of hurricane season. And to get it started, we are doing a Hurricanes 101 show. Everything you need to know, all the basics. I'm talking with meteorologist Eric Berger, one of the founders of Space City Weather, Houston's hype-free weather website. It's Wednesday, June 1st, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Hi, Eric. It's good to see you. It's great to see you, Lisa. Let's start with the basics. What exactly is a hurricane? Hurricanes are basically low-pressure systems. So you get an area essentially of rising air at the surface of the ocean, and that moisture rises. As it rises, it condenses into clouds. And if you get enough of this upward motion, you get thunderstorms. Okay, so low air pressure above the water Mm -hmm. whooshes the moisture up. Yeah, and as this moisture rises, you get thunderstorms. And if you get enough organization, you start to get a rotation effect. What is organization? That sounds like something corporate. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just an improved structure, the storms. They're, They're stronger larger and sort of not spread out all over the place. And then due to the rotation of the earth, you start to get some rotation of these large thunderstorms around themselves. And then it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. As they start to spin up further, if the ocean is relatively smooth and the atmosphere not particularly disturbed, then you can get kind of this spinning, spinning motion and it builds upon itself. And as long as there's warm water underneath it, and the atmosphere is fairly uniform in terms Mm -hmm. of the wind direction at the surface as as you go upward, then you can kind of get this continued spinning motion until it runs into land or or something else. I hear a lot about category four storms or cat fives. What does that mean? What are those? Louisiana. Uh, This is a pretty scary looking storm and we've been through uh, similar storms before. It's a category three expected to get up to category four status. And as you can see, the eye of this storm is quite uh, quite nicely visible. In so this is based upon the Saffir-Simpson hurricane scale. Category one is the weakest hurricane. You've got to have 74 mile per hour sustained winds, and that's important. It's sustained, meaning it's constantly blowing over the course of a minute. So then you go up to category two, three, four, and five, and five is the maximum. Irma is a four, but by the hair of its chinny chin chin, 155 mile per hour sustained winds, It's a category five at 157. So this is right on the upper echelon of cat four. Okay, so what is a storm surge? On the right side of the storm. Okay, so it's rotating counterclockwise. Counterclockwise, yep. And as it's rotating counterclockwise on the right side, it's sort of pushing water at the surface, right? Because winds are blowing towards shore. If you've imagined a storm coming to Texas and the center is south of Houston, the right side of that storm is pushing water toward the coast. And the storm surge is simply those large waves or or walls of water. And it's measured basically above the tide level. So if you have a storm surge of five feet, it's five feet above the average tide. Four minutes away from high tide in Galveston, as comes as a storm surge warning remains in effect for the island. It's been raining nonstop since we got to Galveston at four o'clock this morning. Take a look to my left. This roadway has turned into a river. Barricades are up and medians are surrounded by water and now look like islands. This area of Galveston is called the Strand. Okay, and how scared should I be of a storm surge? Well, if you live in the city of Houston, you really ought not be too scared about mm-hmm. it. If you live in Galveston, obviously it's, it's probably the biggest threat, along with wind, that you would face from a hurricane. 
Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that is wiping away houses, right? Right, right. And that's mm-hmm. the thing, too, that primarily you want to evacuate from. Yeah. If your house is going to be inundated with six feet of water, with battering waves on top of that, you don't, you don't want to be there. Although, if you live in Houston, you're 45 or 50 feet above sea level, so you're not going to feel a storm surge. Yeah. But the big concern for the greater metro area is the fact that we've got all of this heavy industry along the ship channel and in East Houston and Pasadena. And a lot of these factories are built very near the ship channel because you want to get chemicals in, get chemicals out. And so they're 12, 15, 16, 18 feet above sea level. Water comes into Calliston Bay and with a bad enough storm surge, it can be pushed up Buffalo Bayou or the Houston ship channel. So you can easily get water coming along those waterways 12 to 15 feet above. And so the big concern about the metro area is that you would have some kind of chemical apocalypse, basically, where you would liberate all of these hydrocarbons and and other hazardous chemicals that are stored in these facilities. Whatever that toxic goo is out there. Yeah. We would have 10 feet of water with waves and possibly tide adding to that and all kinds of debris banging on those big old tanks. I mean, we saw this. This is not a great example because it was not due to storm surge, but due to rainfall, heavy rainfall with the Arkema plant in 2017 and Hurricane Harvey. Caution. This explosion actually happened because floodwaters knocked out the power and the generators in the area and the chemicals that are there actually need to stay cold. So now that they're warming up, authorities are thinking that that's why they exploded. Workers and people in a mile radius. You know, that was a much smaller area. It was one facility. But if you can imagine sort of the cluster of chemical factories in the ship channel that are vulnerable to this, it's, it's pretty intimidating. I always love the calm way you tell me things that are absolutely terrifying, Eric. (laughs) So the most important thing about hurricanes, I think, is that you've got to recognize there are three major threats. A particular hurricane may have one, two, or three of them. And depending on those threats, it's going to have different impacts whether you live in Galveston Island, whether you live in the city of Houston, if you live in Katy, you know, wherever. If you live in Galveston, you're not really worried about heavy rainfall, inland rainfall, because that water is just going to run out in the Gulf of Mexico. So during Hurricane Harvey, when Houston was flooding, Galveston was fine mm-hmm. because it rains, drains in the streets, and it goes into the Gulf of Mexico. So the three main threats are, number one, inland rainfall. The second threat is also water-related, and that's storm surge, which we talked a little bit about. Mm-hmm. And depending on where the storm makes landfall, storm surge can be quite minimal or it can be very significant. And the final hurricane concern, which is actually my biggest worry, is wind. And we have not had a major windstorm in Houston, Texas since 1961. And that was Hurricane Carla. And actually, Carla was more than 100 miles down the coast. So all of the infrastructure in Houston basically today is untested by wind. And you can go back to Hurricane Ike. Yeah, 2008. But that storm made landfall east of Houston. Mm -hmm. And the sustained winds over the city of Houston were 60 to 80 miles per hour for the most part. And it did roof damage in my house in Clear Lake. It did lots of roof damage. It knocked out power for two weeks, Yeah, right? For a lot right. of the area, it was a, really a devastating storm. Right, takes down all the power lines. It, again, it was, quote, on the Saffir Simpson scale, only a category two hurricane. And so we did not get a major windstorm from Hurricane Ike, even though it sure felt like it. I mean, I was in downtown Houston at the Chronicle at the time. Right. You know, there were tornadoes coming down Texas Avenue and it blew out some windows and it was really nasty, but it was not anything like a category three hurricane hitting 
Stanley Pass would be. So why is it that sometimes officials tell us in certain zip codes to evacuate and other times to hunker down? If you're getting a major storm surge, coastal areas are going to be told to evacuate, but like Houston is not going to be told to evacuate. However, you do have a decision to make as a homeowner in Houston, because we've seen with Hurricane Ike, the power system is not particularly resilient. And so, you know, are you prepared to go without power for one, two, or even three weeks? Do you have the supplies for that? Or, or can you not survive that? And do, do you want to go evacuate? And so there's mandatory evacuation areas, and those depend upon the strength of the storm. Now, finally, again, we talked about wind. And I think if we get a major windstorm mm-hmm. threat here in Houston, you potentially would see a bigger evacuation because just, you know, again, 110, 120 mile per hour winds it would cause lots of damage to structures yeah. and send people to shelters. Are we seeing the effects of global warming? Can you say that as a meteorologist or as someone who just follows science? Yeah. I mean, I've been writing about climate change and hurricanes for almost two decades now. And the science is is both ambiguous and fairly clear. It's ambiguous in the sense that it's still not really certain whether we're going to see more hurricanes or tropical storms in a warmer world. And that may seem paradoxical because, well, you warm water for storms to form. So if there's more warm water, you would expect more storms. But there's also a fair amount of evidence that the atmosphere becomes more disturbed. There's more wind shear. And so that would act against storm formation. So that organization you were talking about, it would not happen. It would get messed up. Yeah. And so that's that's the good news, I think, that, that we're not going to be entering a, a season where there's like 40 Atlantic storms. Probably. (laughs) Um, Okay, but we've been running out of letters of the alphabet to name storms after. Yeah. The the problem with climate change is that there's some pretty good evidence that it's making the stronger storms stronger. And if you add 5, 10, or 15 mile per hour to the top end speeds of these storms, it's very destructive. Because it turns out that the force of the winds on your structure, say your house, the impact of that is actually the cube, so you don't you know, multiply it not once, but twice of, of that wind speed. Oh. And so it's, it's every time you go up like 10 miles per hour, it's not just an increment of damage, it's a significant increase in damage. So the difference between 110 and 125 miles per hour is wind damage is very significant. Um, and so we're seeing evidence that top end hurricanes are stronger. There's pretty good evidence that they're capable of producing more rainfall. It's very difficult to do these forensic analysis after the fact and, and really pinpoint climate change. It's probable that Harvey, there were five to 10 inches more of rainfall with Harvey. Harvey was 50 inches. Yeah, some areas saw- Which is how much normally the amount of rain we get in a year, right? 60 inches, yeah. 60, 60? Where? Yeah, uh, the, some areas like east of Houston. Okay. Over a five day period. Yeah. 72 hour rainfall forecast for Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Total rainfall over 60 inches. This storm is going to be probably the worst flooding storm in U.S. history. I've never seen anything even close to that. 61 inches? I didn't know it could rain that hard. Harvey actually set all records for aerial extent of rainfall. It it was really crazy. It's like, so if you imagine the home run record is like 70 home runs, right? I think in Major League Baseball. Harvey was basically someone coming along and hitting 100 home runs or 105 home runs in a season. (sighs) Can we say that climate change is causing that? There's been some evidence that it's causing storms to slow down, like we saw with Harvey. I'm not completely convinced on that. It's like the steering currents are a little less pronounced in the atmosphere. But then, you know, there are some things we're very certain of, like 
the seas are rising. Mm -hmm. And so if you lose six inches of, if you're already five feet above sea level and now you're four feet, six inches, you know, if you get a storm surge, that six, it's going to be six inches higher. And so that is an absolutely certain effect of climate yeah. change. And so that's, that's very concerning as well. If there's one thing that you would want people in our area to be thinking about, what is it? If I asked you to give one piece of advice, what would it be? I would say, can I give two pieces of advice? All right. Yes. I'll, I'll give you a dispensation. <laughs> so, so first of all, I would say it's, it's important to prepare for hurricane season. I'm not talking about going out and buying three cases of bottled water this weekend. What I'm saying is understand your vulnerabilities. Like you should know whether your house is vulnerable to storm surge flooding. So find the elevation. And if you're like at 25 feet, you're probably fine. If you're at five or 10 or 15 feet, you know, you should understand Google zip zone maps and find out where your zone is and whether you need to evacuate from that. Mm -hmm. Find out your vulnerability to inland rainfall. And Harvey is kind of a worst case scenario for most parts of the metro area. And understand sort of how old your house is and check and see if there are straps in the attic holding the roof down. Because if there are, then you're in a lot better condition for higher winds than you would be otherwise. Would you evacuate? So if you would evacuate, where are you going to go? Do you have a plan for pets? Do you have your medicines or, or things that you know you would need to bring? So the time to think about all that stuff is now. Because when a storm is threatening, it's a very stressful time. And you don't want to try to be making all of those arrangements at the last minute. And my second piece of advice is don't obsess over this too much. <laughs> One of the things we noticed after Hurricane Harvey on Space City weather is that mm -hmm. people were super stressed out every time the skies got gray and it looked like it was going to be heavy rain because they thought that this was the next harvest. It was this PTSD effect. You know, we get lots of bad weather, mm -hmm. but the chance of a hurricane having a major direct impact on the Houston metro area is about one in 10 every summer. So yes, bad things can happen and they have happened, but on average, you know, you get these bad effects about every 10 years from hurricanes. And so, I mean, if, if you want to be out there watching every tropical wave that forms and, and fear casting that storm to develop into a hurricane and hitting Texas, you can. More power to you. And there's places out there where you can talk about these things. But, mm -hmm. you know, for most people, I would say don't do that because 99% of these things are not going to have a major impact on your life. Um, and there are meteorologists out there that will do it for you. And, and like, like one of our raison d'etre is... That's Space City Weather. Yeah, it's Space yeah. City Weather is to basically say, hey, look, this is something you've got to worry about, and this is something you probably don't. All right. I feel calmer now. Well, at least until that first tropical wave comes off the African coast and, you know, there's a 15-day model one that brings a hurricane into the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has been great. Well, you're welcome. That was Eric Berger from SpaceCityWeather.com. Now I am here with lead producer Dina Kazba. Dina, what else is going on around Houston today? Hey, Lisa. So today I'm talking COVID-19. It hasn't gone away just because we're all not wearing our masks anymore. The city had tested 39 treatment plants, and they say that COVID-19 is prevalent again in the city. The levels at the moment show 11% positivity rate, with it kind of trending upwards in the positive cases. Dr. Linda Yancey is an infectious disease specialist at Memorial Harmon's health system. 
And she was saying that they're seeing a consistent uptick in the amount of COVID in the wastewater. And she also said, we're not entirely sure why, after a nice little lull, we're having another uptick. Ugh, this is yikes. Now, Dr. Linda says that the COVID strain that's going around right now is Omicron and Omicron's variants, which she says are more contagious, but less severe than other previous variants we've had. So what does that all mean for your summer plans? Well, it's, it's not quite clear cut. Dr. Linda says you should be on the outlook this summer as positive cases continue to increase. But she says that, you know, this may change. This may not, it may not continue to go up. It may go down. There's no way to really predict it. So just wear your masks and be safe out there, y'all. That is it for today here on CityCast Houston. If you like what we're doing here on the podcast, sign up for our newsletter. It's at citycast.houston.fm. We will be back tomorrow with the last of our hurricane shows this week. Talk with you then. Bye. You're going to hang up and I am going to leave all kinds of instructions for Farrell before I stop recording. You can't trust me. (laughs) Ha ha ha.